0: Howdy, folks. This is good old JR Jim Ross. I want to thank you for downloading the Ross Report. And I certainly want to thank all the sponsors. We've got some great sponsors who make this possible every single week. The Ross Report this week is sponsored in part by FanDuel. Fantasy football fans, the wait is over. Football is back, baby. And that means FanDuel is back. FanDuel is fantasy football For everyday fans, there are new contests starting every single week. There's something for everybody, folks. At FanDuel, they got it all. Lots of contests to choose from starting, get this. This There's no typo. These contests start at just $1. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. Hey, that's a hell of a resume now. Let me tell you, two and a half million players have won money playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. That's a fact. Sign up today and just go to FanDuel.com. That's how you sign up. Easy. Click on the Join Now button. Makes sense, right? Join Now button. And this is really important. And use my code, Ross, R O. Don't get left out, folks. This NFL season, there's just no reason to. Have some fun. Give it a shot. What do you got to lose? Game started at a dollar. Are you kidding me? Try FanDuel for free with no deposit required. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com to claim your free contest and play for a share of $10,000. Just sign up using promo code ROSS, R-O-S-S. What would that be again, Gordon? Well, that's uh, the wonderful uh, promo code Ross R O S S. And uh, remember, it's a void where prohibited, but gin is not. Uh Uh-uh.
1: He's considered the greatest broadcaster in wrestling history. Yes, sir! And now, WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross, the legendary voice you heard calling every major wrestling match in human history, brings his famous friends to the podcast world. Nice! Welcome to the Ross Report.
0: Indeed, another great week of Slavernocker Audio. We thank you very much for downloading our Ross Report and for supporting our efforts. A fun show this week. Uh, I'm going to be talking to Celeste Bonin. No jokes, please. Bonin Rivile. You got it. That's enough. Enough of that. Formerly known as Caitlin in WWE, she was a Divas champion once upon a time. Now, a very successful entrepreneur, a product developer. She's running her own business. She's building her own brand Uh called Celestial Bodies with a Z, B-O-D-I-E-Z, and He's hosting our own podcast called Boss Ladies, so we'll talk more about that and her products, her time in WWE. Many of you, and I thank you, has sent us questions from Instagram and, uh, and Facebook. You know, if you want to check us out on either of those, it's Jim Ross BBQ, and a lot of you sent questions on Twitter, which I thank you for that as well. At J-R-S-B-B-Q is the Twitter uh, uh, address for us. So you did that. We're going to be asking her those questions as well. So it should be a fun hour. She's a very interesting woman. And ironically, I'm talking to her on this broadcast while she is, has been seeking refuge from the Hurricane Irma and is at, I believe she is at the Miami City Courthouse. So it's an interesting story. I think you'll enjoy it tonight with uh, Celeste Bonin, maybe better known to some of you wrestling fans, uh, as Caitlyn in WWE. We'll have that. But first, you know what's coming up next, baby? Here's what's on my mind. It's time!
2: It's time!
0: It's- what's on JR's mind? Certainly one prominent thing on my mind is the May Young Classic. The finals on Tuesday night. I know that many of you, at the time that you hear this, have already seen the final. Uh, I am recording this pro- podcast this week on Sunday night because I'm traveling on Monday and will be en uh, route to Las Vegas from Oklahoma City on uh, on Monday to prepare for the show on Tuesday night. I understand it's going to be a big presentation, a lot of whistles and bells, a lot of dignitaries. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to Kyrie Sane. Uh, the only Japanese representative in the tournament against the MMA veteran, uh, Shayna Baszler. Both these women, by the way, have really impressed, from what I can tell, WWE officials, uh, along with several other women in the tournament, for sure. And certainly they've impressed me. I mentioned to you guys that when I sat down with uh, Medusa and Lida in a small room with a little bitty table, no TV cameras, no recording equipment, and we interviewed all 32 women. Over the course of two long days, I really felt like I got to know many of them. I connected with them. I saw what they wanted to accomplish. I saw how important it was for them to be a part of this group effort to bring a positive spotlight to women's wrestling. And they believe that, and I believe that. So uh, I have been really excited about participating in this uh, project for many reasons, but that being one of the primary ones. So if you missed any part of this uh, presentation, uh, it's a great week to check out the WWE Network and uh, see what all they have to offer, uh, including all the pay-per-views and all the, the major things that are coming coming your way. But the Mae Young has a lot of content. And I'm proud to say that I think I saw something online. that Somebody said it was the, uh, the top 10 most watched shows on WWE Network. It held nine spots or something like eight or eight of the 10, maybe. It was really it did really well. So thank you guys for watching. I hope that you liked it. And I know I enjoyed working with Lita. And it brings up the question, will WWE ever have a weekly women's show? I don't know the answer to that, but I think it's a great idea. If all the logistics would work out as far as cost, how when would you tape it? How would you how would you record the show, et cetera, et cetera? All the nuts and bolts could be addressed. It's a very interesting idea, and uh, I think there's an audience for it. I think women's athletics in general is getting more love, so all good stuff. Equality. You can't have the mindset if you're a man, especially some men in the South, not all, some, some, and think that equality is a selective process you either have equality in all areas or you don't and that includes one's gender for god's sakes are you kidding me some people still hang their hat on that little lame ass argument it's insane so uh i've been i enjoyed it as i said uh, check it out on the wwe network uh, i'm curious to see you know I, I was one of the guys long ago uh, when to uh, talk about Ronda Rousey making a drive-by in WWE. I think that she will, and I think that's what it will be, a one-off. I see no reason to believe that Ronda Rousey would become a full-time WWE talent. Ain't going to happen. Now, Shayna Baszler, I can see that very readily. And Shayna will probably be given that opportunity, I would I would assume. But I know that, that Ronda Rousey would train like a crazy person. She has great competitive spirit. She was an amazing amateur athlete. She's obviously going to take whatever she's committed to do seriously. She's not going to want to embarrass herself. So she's going to come out and do what she does best. And that would be what the wrestling vernacular would be to work snug and physical. I, for one would love to see that. So we'll check that out and, uh, I think by what goes on in Las Vegas may have a, an indication of where it could go somewhere down the line. But I, I can tell you this. A Ronda Rousey one-on-one match with, say, Charlotte, for example, and she's not the only one that would be a nice matchup, but Charlotte for sure would be an amazing attraction at a WrestleMania. It, it, it's a top two or three, four match. Top four match, I would say, easily, as far as an attraction was concerned, that would generate great interest and uh, anticipation. So uh, I'm very proud that WWE selected me to be a part of the May Young Classic, a fellow Oklahoman. Certainly, I don't think anybody in Oklahoma would debate the fact she's probably the toughest female to ever come out of here, period. Played football with the boys until they figured that wasn't politically correct. She wrestled with the boys, so she beat the shit out of all of them. That was kind of embarrassing for daddy's boy to get beat by a girl. And uh, so May was quite the character. Quite the character. Thanks for supporting the May Young Classic. We're getting great feedback on our uh, work and basically the team effort. A great broadcast team at Access TV doing presenting the G1 Climax 27, I believe it is, matches on Friday nights under, on uh, Access TV. Uh, check your listings on the time, it repeats several times during the week or and and on friday nights when it the first airing i watched it on direct tv channel 340 i know some that watch it on sling tv cuz it's very affordable it's a real neat uh, way to catch up with programming and watch programming like access tv and you know, on friday nights they have the big mma night and and they do live fights every friday night pretty much every friday night great music i have found that my love of access tv has grown when i discovered their all their music productions the documentaries are phenomenal. Some of the classic, classic rock footage, back in the 60s and 70s, is astounding. So it's just they're just hidden gems. So uh, anyway, Access TV Friday nights. Uh, Josh Barnett is my partner. Nobody in wrestling has a partner that's more knowledgeable uh, about uh, multiple genres of combat sports than my partner Josh Barnett, and my partner. Can whip your partner's ass. Case closed, Ernie. Cause I don't know if he would like to see. It. I don't know if Josh would espouse this, but uh, we all know the big cat. I'd rather fight a man than make love to a woman. Every time. I had great hospitality, and I want to thank uh, everybody in Columbus, Ohio. My traveling partners, my traveling companions, Wallace Marsh Paul Migliazzo, Poor Paul, great linebacker. Boy, he got tired of hearing about. Well, Paul played linebacker opposite the Boz. Nobody ever heard of Paul. Well, us football fans in Oklahoma did because he was a hell of a player. But he drove down from Kansas City and met us, and then Wallace flew up from Houston and his, uh, Learjet we had access to and picked me up and Norman and Paul, and off we went. So, uh, then we came back with, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Zach Selman. Yes, that Selman family. And Dusty Dvorak rode back with us, who did the uh, radio broadcast on uh, the OU Ohio State game on ESPN Radio with Bill Rosinski, ladies and gentlemen. My old partner. I, how, how ironic is that? So, But in any event, the food was great. You know, Columbus is a big-ass town. Big city. Uh, we never had a bad meal. Great place to eat there. I can tell you, we, we tailgated in a... RV lot with the holder of the 1977 a kick that won the game of Uwe von Shaman, Bud bear and uh, the RV lot is so far from the stadium that we took a rickshaw to get there. Twenty dollars, I had somebody to get us there. One of those pedal, pedal cabs. God, it is a massive place. Is my point it's beautiful? No knock, but it's a big league operation, and it, and it doesn't feel like a traditional college campus for some reason. It's so big. It's very impressive, but it's not that, you know, I don't know how to put it, homie You know, it's just big and the stadium 109,000 people the game uh Saturday night. 109,000 official. The biggest crowd in history of the stadium for opening night. And my boys came through. How about that? They go on the road they'd beat the number 2 rated team in the nation. And, boy, we, had some, we got a lot of walking wounded. But it was a, one of those bucket list games. It was like beating Alabama in the Sugar Bowl that year when we were 17 and a half point underdogs. You know, it's Tennessee and overtimes, you know, just a return game at Notre Dame, winning, things like that. Just, uh, boy, I'm so happy and blessed to be, able to be able to go along this journey. And it was great to connect with my friend Bob Stoots there in uh, Oak Columbus, too. Our coach had just, re- just re- resigned. He's happy, looks young, looks 10 years younger, son of a gun. He'll have a media career. I think he's too well-spoken. He knows the game. He's got a great personality and, uh, he's a hell of a pleasure to be around. So, you know, somebody, somebody will nab Bob up. I bet before the season's over, he'll be doing something. i almost bet you. And he didn't tell me that. So it's not like Jr. gave a scoop. I'm assuming that'll happen. And we all know what happens when one assumes, right? You make an ass out of me and you. Thank you so much. I want to let uh, folks that are in the area, and hell, you might want to fly in. I don't know. Oklahomania 2 is on Saturday, October the 7th, and it's going to be in the lovely Hardy-Murphy Coliseum in equally lovely Ardmore, Oklahoma. And uh, Ardmore is at exit 32 on I-35, by the way, among other exits, but 32 is one of them. Because I get off to exit 32 in Ardmore and get me a water burger from time to time when I'm traveling through. Yeah, I will <laughs> how to eat. Yes, sir, baby. <laughs> my bottle love the double meat. Can I get some more meat in my burger? <clears throat> All right. Uh, but anyway, they're putting together really a terrific card here. All oh, the, the folks at imperialwrestlingrevolution.com. Get that in your head, com, And this is a big deal because we had the we had one last year, and, and it was a great success, Oklahomania 2, Saturday, October 7th, in Ardmore at the Hardy Murphy Coliseum. If you're traveling up down 35, you're going to be, it's, it's in Oklahoma at exit 32. It's north of Dallas. Very easy drive from the Metroplex to Ardmore, for goodness sakes. Stings, that'll be on this card. Uh, the Von Ericks including Kevin, Gail Kim, one of my favorite all-time performers. I love that woman. Boy, I tell you what, it's good thing she married that uh, my good friend, Robert Irvin, Irvine. Yep, I'd have been a court woman. <laughs> I'm so full of crap. Uh, I'm not full of crap, but Gail, Gail's a wonderful human being, and the chef did well. Vicky Guerrero, one of my all-time favorites, is going to be an Ardmore, John Morrison. I don't know what name, he's, what name he's going to use, but you know who he is. Eva Lee also, boy, what an underrated performer she is. I love her. She's good, too. So check them out on Facebook, Imperial uh, Wrestling Revolution, imperialwrestlingrevolution.com, and it'll be a fun event, a family event. They're going to have a big autograph celebration, and meet and greets, and all kinds of cool things, plus a lot of matches, live matches, and uh, you're invited to join them there in Ardmore. On uh, Saturday, October 7th. All right. Exciting week. Good week. Had a great time in, uh, uh, in Ohio. Things are good. I'm feeling good. Trying to watch the diet, do things right. Excited about these opportunities that I'm getting from WWE and hope I can continue my opportunities with uh, Access TV for the long term. We're hoping that, but we'll see. It's a work in progress, but we that's our goal. We'll see if we can get there. Sometimes you can get those goals met, and sometimes you can't. It's just part of the process, I guess. We'll see how it goes. But uh, a lot of real neat things. Remember our uh, show. I'll mention it again, but our, in Boston, if you, we're going to be in Boston in December for Ringside with Jim Ross. Uh, that's uh, going to be a lot of fun at Laugh Boston. More information on it, but uh, tickets are available at LaughBoston.com. It's December 16th. Saturday afternoon. And it's a big WWE weekend in Beantown. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that. Jeremy Borash, the great Jeremy Borash from Impact Wrestling, is going to be joining me as the MC. And uh, so we hope that's, that's good. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I enjoy Boston's one of my favorite cities. The food's great. It's just at the time of the year, in December, during the holiday season, some of those cities in the northeast like Boston, they just feel they feel festive. There's generally some snow out there sometimes, and it just feels cool. So, anyway, hope you'll join us for that. We'll tell you more about that. So, again, uh, remember that if you want to check us out on Facebook, Jim Ross BBQ. Same for Instagram. I thank Sean Creedle every week for ramrodding that for me. He's a valuable member of my team, our team, and we appreciate him. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, which I do. I'm guilty of that. At JRSBBQ, and we appreciate that as well. And that, ladies and gentlemen, remember Celeste Bone is coming up. Bone in, she's a powerhouse, man, on the mat and in the boardroom. That'll be a good one. But for now, that's what's on my mind.
1: Hello, this is Coach Jim Harbaugh with my esteemed colleague and co-host J.T. Rogan. And we're excited to announce our new podcast, Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast, that's coming to Podcast One. Each week, we'll be talking to different members of the Harbaugh family, along with athletes, celebrities, and unique guests. On different episodes, we'll have my dad, Jack, my brother, John, my sister, Joni, my wife, Sarah, and even my kids from time to time. We'll have great guests each week, and we'll attack each podcast with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Sounds pretty good to me. So join us each Tuesday on Attack Each Day, the Harbaz podcast here on Podcast One. Also make sure to subscribe on Podcast One.com, on the new Podcast One app, or at Apple Podcasts. And Coach, who's got it better than us? I know the answer to that, JT. Nobody. The Ross Report.
0: Many talk about going to the ends of the earth to get a guest. We have a star, Celeste Bonin, who is riding out the... Hurricane Irma. And Celeste, tell, tell us, first of all, thanks for hopping on here, but tell us where you are and how you got there.
3: <laughs> oh, you know, first of all, I would not have missed this opportunity in a million years to be able to uh, jump on your podcast. So I am currently a hurricane refugee. Um, I have a friend, I, so I live in South Florida, and we were basically get, we're going to get the, you know, the, the really bad stuff from this hurricane. So um, I boarded up my windows, uh, I prepared my warehouse, and then um, I have a friend who's a U.S. Marshal, and he uh, was kind enough to let my mom, myself, our combined three dogs and a cat come down to the Miami courthouse. Um, to basically ride out the storm here. And it was kind of funny because, uh, Miami is south of where I live and I was basically driving into the storm yesterday. And, um, it's basically like a bomb proof building. We got generators, we have canned food, beans, tuna, all that good stuff, <laughs> sleeping bags. I actually slept on, um, we had air mattresses, but not enough. So I slept on three couch cushions on the floor last night. Mm. <laughs>
0: that's a commercial <laughs> yeah that's a well hey the great thing is is apparently that you and your family and your your dogs your animals are happy and are at least safe hope you're happy but you know safe that's the main thing right now is to be safe
3: yes sir it's uh this, you know i'm actually from houston so with a big tragedy that you know with hurricane harvey yeah. um i have my, all my friends and family are there. Um, my cousin basically lost her house and it's been such a nightmare. And then for this hur- hurricane Irma to just sneak up on us, um, you know, everyone was really panicking. And I was too, uh, you know, I'm usually pretty like cool as a cucumber in most situations, but, um, I was certainly worried. And, uh, my, you know, in South Florida, all I have is my mom here. And so I was worried about her and, you know, all our pets and stuff. So I'm, I'm very thankful to, Um, you know, be able to come here and be safe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of folks that don't have that luxury or that opportunity, you know, so you got a break there on that one.
3: Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm counting my blessings. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of shelters open for people because it honestly, we're so far south in Florida that it didn't make much sense to drive all the way up. Because it it would literally take maybe eight to ten hours to get out, and then the storm was supposed to hit, you know, Atlanta and like, uh, you know, all you know the bigger uh, cities up where you would, you know, seek refuge. So, um, it, it did for me. That's why I didn't drive because it didn't make sense because there were so many gas shortages. So I did. I definitely lucked out on being able to stay here. So I'm I'm very grateful.
0: When you were driving from the north down south to Miami, when everybody was leaving, mm-hmm. what was that like? was it was it was your was your lane kind of deserted
3: i could have driven in any lane i could have swerved in any direction and i would have not hit one thing it was so weird and like eerie because i live in a you know mine is a huge city so it was so weird to see and then you know all the businesses boarded up everything's closed like you know everyone had kind of either evacuated or just decided to stay in their house so And like every house in the neighborhood is boarded up. It's so, it's nuts. It's a a very weird feeling.
0: Boy, it's going to be widespread too. A lot of folks that are listening to our audio, we're hoping for you and and our good thoughts coming your way. Certainly, the key thing I think is to try to get, to follow the directions of your local officials. And don't try to be, you know, John Wayne this thing. Uh, (laughs) You know, be be an individual. But really, it's just not. Now's not the time to be the hero. Now it's the time to be alive and stay alive. Absolutely. You know?
3: so. absolutely. Yeah. We've had the governor on nonstop and he's been doing so much, which is really great. And, um, you know, just really encouraging people to like heed the warnings and evacuate if they're in an evacuation zone. And, uh, it's been really serious. And I know a lot of people are just really freaked out because everything that happened in Texas. So, um, that was, you know, horrible, but it did, I think, make people take it more seriously here.
0: Well, whatever it takes to get people to move and, <laughs> and, and get out of the bullseye, you know. It's like, you're going to die if you stay here. I like this one. Somebody, uh, was they were talking about some people that were resistant upon uh, leaving. Uh, it was a, a Houston uh, deal. And they said, well, then do us a favor. Write your Social Security number on your arm with a magic marker. <laughs> Because we're going to fi- find you dead, and we'll, this is makes it easier for us to identify who you are.
3: Dude, if that doesn't make people
0: move, I don't know what will. <laughs> oh, no man, that's, 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 co- that's coarse. That's, uh, that's, that's heavy-duty, stiff stuff. So, I agree. So, listen, tell everybody how they can connect with you, and they should, for a lot of reasons we're, we're going to get into. But tell everybody, Celeste, how they can connect with you on uh, the various forms of social media in which you uh, are a part of? All
3: right. Well, everybody knows that social media is everything. So um, personally, uh, I'm mostly on Twitter and Instagram. Um, My handles are the same. It's just Celeste, C-E-L-E-S-T-E. My last name is Bonin, B-O-N-I-N, all one word. Um, That's for Instagram and for Twitter. And then um, for my company, Social Bodies, um, Instagram, Twitter are the same. It's just Celestial Bodies with a Z. And uh, my company's Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash Celestial Bodies Official. And I think that's all the places you can find me. I have a Snapchat, but I'm never on it. <laughs> and I think that's it.
0: But for a lot of folks that are somewhat active in Twitter, it's uh, at Celeste Bonin.
3: Correct. So that's my maiden name. I never changed it when I got married. And I'm actually, as of the end of this month, going to be complete with my uh divorce and I will once again be back to my maiden
0: name. So <laughs> And Bonin's your name.
3: Yep. And how, I'm never you know what? Never gonna change it again. Nah, hey
0: that's good. Hey, <laughs> it's quite frankly a kind of a memorable show business name.
3: It if certainly you, is.
0: But <laughs> man, how many bone in jokes can you have, right?
3: Honestly I experienced them all <laughs> through high school. Oh <laughs> I bet. I bet. I've, Still get them now, so I, I appreciate
0: it. You talked about social media. You're trying to, and I really admire this. And I read a, your your information you, you provided me and what I could research and what people would ask on the online. Mm-hmm. But you're trying to build your brand and tell us what for what that means to you. In other words, what does brand building a brand mean? And the other thing, little thing, how do you monetize your brand?
2: Well. For, so for
3: me, um, I look at when I when I hear the word brand, I think of myself as a brand, and um, I also have a clothing line, so um, that's also my brand. But I am the face of my brand, of my company.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and um, so, so so like rewind, uh, like three and a half years ago. I uh, retired from my wrestling career with WWE and I decided to, I knew I wanted to launch a business and I had kind of already started building the framework for it. And then um, it took me about six months to launch. And I, you know, it's a, it's a women's clothing company and I wanted to use my platform that I built during my my few years in WWE. And I wanted to basically, my my idea was to spread this, uh, and use my platform to spread a message and obviously to sell, to, to have a business and, you know, to make money, but also to, um, be able to spread, uh, a message of like body positivity and, um, you know, women's empowerment and all that stuff and be this girl boss and, you know, just being an entrepreneur and all that. And I, you know, I didn't finish school. I didn't finish college. I, uh, spent a couple years fake fighting on TV, and then I just dove right into opening a business, and I didn't know anything, and I've learned so much, um, you know, through the course of three years. I launched my company, which is called Social Bodies, again, um, on June 24th of 2014, and uh, so I've been in business three years now, which is, for a small business... That's a a
0: win right there.
3: It is, uh, because most people know that uh, most uh, new businesses fail within two years. Yep. So that was like a milestone for me to make it three years um and uh I learned a lot about business from my my current my ex husband and um then I kind of learned the ropes myself and I made a ton of mistakes and and um, but somewhere along the way, I kind of lost um my vision for what I originally wanted to do and uh, with a message I really i originally wanted to spread and then so this year, going through like my divorce and um you know, kind of having to, like, restructure my entire company and get, have new employees and all this stuff, I've really kind of just, like, grabbed 2017 by the balls and started to just rebrand and get new ambassadors and, you know, people, girls, of women of all sizes and just spread this message of confidence and girl power. And then um, from that, uh, I did a lot of brainstorming to figure out what else I could do as a project to help grow my business and help, you know, grow myself as a brand. And, um, I started something called Boss Ladies with my vice president of my company, Amanda Otero. She's a fellow entrepreneur. She has her own company and, you know, and she has been involved with my company, uh, since day one. She started as a athlete and then she moved into a customer service rep and now she's my vice president. And so we every week do a Facebook live broadcast and we started doing a podcast. Um, and basically, Talking about how to build your brand, how to be, you know, how to grow a business if you're an entrepreneur, um, and all that kind of stuff, and you know, talking about our trials and tribulations, and sometimes how it's hard to be in a industry where it's male dominated, and and just kind of this like feminist but still cool message, and it's it's, it's most people know that starting something. Uh, you, it takes patience and you got to believe in it because, you know, nothing, usually stuff doesn't take off right away. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my new project. And I, I um, have been through a very tumultuous year and it, I've really used all of this, the personal growth to uh, use as kind of a fuel and all the things that happened to me um, to just Go out there and start doing way more stuff and be empowered again and Mm -hmm. and all that. So i got a ton of stuff going on, and I could talk forever.
0: (laughs) Going through a divorce is challenging for anybody, and everybody handles it differently by and large. But I think in general terms, having been a veteran of two, that uh, (laughs) it's imperative that we learn from these experiences. Seriously, if you don't, you compound what they are. You make them worse than they are.
3: You have to literally learn from... Every single thing that you go through. And I've always embraced um, never having regret because if you start regretting things that you went through in your life, it, it's, first of all, there's no point in regretting because n- nothing's going to change. The past is the past. And then it, you have to take each opportunity what um, from what you go through, whether it's good or bad, to grow. And I I gotta tell you, I just—I'm tr- turning 31 in a month, but wow. uh, my thirtieth year of life was my most pivotal year. Yeah. And I'm just like—I would say, you know, when I'm talking to someone like younger than me or even my age, is like, you know, that everyone's like, "Oh, I'm not 20 anymore; I'm 30." But honestly, like, my thirtieth year was my most pivotal year, and I'm so thankful for all the stuff I went through. And I hit some rock bottom times, and it made me like so much stronger and you know, allowed me to venture off on my own and believe in myself that I could do my own thing. And um, so I'm like thankful for, for all that rock bottom stuff that happened over the year, but um, it's good. It's really life changing.
0: Oh, Absolutely. And the early, early thirties are a magnificent time. The thirties are a magnificent time, quite frankly, but here's my theory (laughs) Uh, at my stage of life. I, I will tell you Celeste that I live every day the best I can with no regrets and I don't bring negative stuff forward as best I can keep from it. And I don't live in a world where I surround myself with negativity. I, my wife passed, you know, my wife got killed in March. So I'm thinking, i got to make some changes. I'm going to do some things differently. And so I've, I just have made some life changes. And some of it just on, on my approach to things. And it's like, well, that makes common sense, JR. It sure does, doesn't it? So now your next question is, well, J.R., you're 65 years old, which is the new 45, I might add. But, <laughs>
2: it sure is,
3: but, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: But nonetheless, why didn't you figure that out before now? I don't know. But as anybody that's listening, will grow as they grow older, they're going to discover things about themselves that they should have discovered a long time before. And then they're going to ask themselves, Jesus, why didn't I figure this out earlier? It just wasn't time to figure it out earlier. It's part of the journey, man.
3: It is the journey. And that's the... I love when... Even though it's so cliche, I really love the saying and, you know, when anybody says that it's it's really not about the destination, it's about the journey because going through the entire experience is, you know, that's what changes you. That's what helps you grow. That's what makes you realize, you know, what you're going to do next and how you're going to do it differently. And so I always, like, love... I love the journey.
0: (laughs) It's everything. It's everything. And... And the finer things in life are all about the journey. The, hey, there's nothing wrong with a good old destination. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but the, but the journey can always be very eventful. The the various things that you are involved with are they mm-hmm. along the lines? Uh, are they all along the lines of fitness or nutrition or health?
3: Where I'm at now is so I started this company, and it was uh, I started out with just sizes small and medium. And so I designed every single piece that I sell, um, for special bodies and it's women's fitness apparel. Um, I, I'm not a seamstress, so I basically come up with a concept and then I send, whether it's, um, like a mock garment or a drawing or something, I send it to my seamstress who's in LA and she will make me tons of prototypes until we nail it and then I'll put it into production. So... At first, I started out just with smaller sizes because I was just trying to saturate the fitness industry, and then um, I started adding size large, trying to you know reach a broader demographic. And now uh, this year, I've so my my company is very well known in the fitness industry. There's tons of uh, women wear my brand, and I see it everywhere, which is just such an incredible feeling because I'm like, hey, I designed that. That's my concept you're rocking it you look great mm-hmm. and it's like literally the best feeling um so now i'm trying to expand more to like a mainstream um demographic where so because i, I were i ran into this problem where women you know because i grew my social media very fast for my company um i basically grew my company on social media on instagram twitter facebook um so i had a lot of women saying oh i'm I'm not at my goal weight. I'm not at my ideal weight, so I'm waiting to be able to wear your pants or uh, wear your sports And so that was something that made me cringe because I'm all, my, I'm all about like uh, embracing where you are now, no matter what part of your the journey that you're on. So now I'm trying to like slant my marketing to where I'm reaching out to like moms and just quote unquote regular people right. that don't need to feel like they have to be in great shape to wear my brand and just it being about accepting where you are, accentuating where you are, where you're accentuating your body at this point, at this moment, loving it, being confident, feeling like you, the clothes accentuate you now, no matter, you know, what your destination is. And um, so that's been really cool for me because I did this new ambassador search this year um, basically for, you know, for social media influencers for my company. And um, I picked all different types of people, not just the typical like fitness chick on Instagram, or whatever, or, you know, a bikini competitor, or whatever. I picked a lot of uh, different body types, girls that were largest, most of my ambassadors are a size medium, some of them are small, like, it's, it's such a, a vast like variety of women. And I have some men as well. Cause um, so I just put out a few men's items and um, it's been so cool. Like the response, like I've been doing more expos and uh, you know, appearances with my company and uh, the, the response I'm getting is amazing. People are feeling like it's, it's more of a relatable brand and they're comfortable to wear at this stage in their life. And that's, that is what my idea was in the very beginning when I launched the company And I kind of got away from that for a few years. And I was just using these like, you know, super fit Instagram models and they all have giant butts and tight abs and all that. And that's not realistic for, you know, the normal person. And so now I'm kind of embracing, you know, getting into a more mainstream demographic of people.
0: That's an interesting description. I thought you were talking about me for a second.
3: <laughs> the, 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 a giant, a giant bud, and rock hard abs. Yes, well,
0: <laughs> you have a lot of your a very diverse portfolio and unique interests that I think would interest a lot of the folks that are listening. And one of the simplest ways to try to remember all these websites and all this stuff: celestial bodies, and that's B O D I E Z Z yes. uh, dot com. If you can get to the website, you're, you should be going good, right?
3: Oh, definitely. So on the website is obviously all of the products, but um, there's also links to all the social media, and there's videos, um, and uh, just I'm on there, and we and I do you know like I talked about I do that Boss Ladies a weekly broadcast uh, mm-hmm. on Facebook right. uh, every Tuesday night, and those episodes are on there too. So it's kind of like a one stop shop. You can kind of yeah, see that- everything in there.
0: I think that's the money, folks. Is remember the the website W celestial c e s e s t i a l celestial bodies b o d i e z dot com the z because
3: we're cool
0: and hip. That's it. Of oh, <laughs> course, absolutely, you're cool and hip. We're going to talk more about Celeste' young uh, entrepreneurial uh, aspirations, uh, how she worked that into her wrestling career, and and some of you have been nice enough to provide us some questions uh instagram and twitter and facebook and so forth so i'm going to look through those and we'll talk more wrestling things because i think it seems like most of the questions for you are of uh, the wrestling nature
3: oh perfect so, i'm all about it
0: uh, so that's good you know they, they seem somewhat
2: sane
0: <laughs> I not, so we'll have some fun with those so, but and we'll do that folks uh, after you hear from one of our sponsors who makes this program possible and free that's true car Yes indeed I love me some true car. Folks when you're looking to buy a car, it's important that you're getting real pricing on actual inventory. Often enough, this is not the case as people configure cars online. Only later they're gonna find out that those cars aren't even available. What the hell's that about? But with TrueCar, you get real pricing on actual inventory. This is not pricing from True Car, folks, it's not. It's from an actual dealer, and even more so, a local certified dealer of your choosing, that is committed to offering you a competitive market price. They want your business. They know you've got. They've got to earn your business. True car users are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process because you got the info, you got the dirt, you got the inside scoop. And you get the, the buying process is so much better when you connect with a true car certified dealer. And man, let me tell you something. There are over 13,000 true car certified dealers in these wide. When you're ready to buy, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Man, I love me
1: some true car.
0: Well, uh, settle down, big boy. Uh, some features are not available in all states.
1: Uh-uh. I'm Wade Keller, editor and publisher of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter. Now I've got a show here at Podcast One, four days per week. Every Tuesday, we've got an hour to an hour and a half of coverage overall, including an on-site correspondent, a guest co-host to discuss the show with, and we answer your email questions. Every Wednesday, we drop another show on SmackDown. Thursdays is our flagship show, where we cover a broad array of the hot topics in professional wrestling. And every Friday, catch my interview with one of Pro Wrestling's newsmakers, either on camera or behind the scenes. It's the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, here at Podcast.
0: I'm really enjoying chatting with uh, Celeste. She is a wonderful woman. as you can tell very smart and to think that she's sitting in the courthouse in Miami talking to us. It's pretty damn cool, but I want to remind you guys uh, to please hit that to subscribe button at Apple podcasts. We appreciate that very, very much. That way the, the deal is real simple. It helps us with our numbers. It's a free service to you. It will Automatically download into the device of your choosing every Tuesday night at nine o'clock Eastern, six o'clock Pacific time when a new Ross report is made available. I appreciate that very much. If you care to, to leave us a five star rating and a review at Apple podcasts, it helps us in many, many ways. And again, that's a free service to you and it gives us great feedback as well. So it's a big help and folks. I thank you for it. This is the Ross Report. Back with Celeste Celeste Bonin, ladies and gentlemen, who's braving out the storm. She's <laughs> battling Irma in a uh, the the courthouse in Miami, Florida. Is that what you said? Yes yeah. yes, sir. Now are you like in the basement or, or just up up on port can you see us? Can you get are the windows?
3: I'm chilling in uh in the sixth floor. I can see everything. Oh wow. Yep. You got a penthouse.
0: We mentioned before we went to the break that if you to keep in touch, uh, Celestia Bodies with a Z dot is your spot for all of uh, Celestia's programs, her products, uh, all the things she's doing, all of her social media contacts, links, all that good stuff. So, it's, like she said earlier, it's kind of a one stop shop for you, and yeah. that's not a bad thing. A lot of the questions that we got, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock a lot of them out with one with asking at one time because I probably got. 50 of them, seems like. <laughs> and that was okay. basically, would you or will you ever return to WWE?
3: You know what? I get that question all the time. And I, I mean, I love that people are so, so like enthusiastic about it. It's going to, um, coming up in January will be four years that I've been gone. Um, I, I'll tell you this. I love, I love wrestling. I love the culture and I love the actual physical act of wrestling. I love you know, interacting with the fans and, and there's nothing, you know, people ask me all the time do you miss wrestling? I, I miss actually physically being in the ring. Cause there's nothing like it. It's like this. I it's like the white noise that you hear, like when you're walking down, you know, when you're making your entrance to the ring and I, I there's so many things I miss about it. And my life changed so drastically when I left wrestling to, you know, basically start the company. Um, and it was a, a very hard adjustment. But you know what? I left on very good terms. Like I just sat down and I was honest with um, Mark from Talent Relations, and I said, you know, I'm not happy right now. Um, there's other stuff going on in my life. I had some health issues. Uh, I gained a ton of weight, and I just I, I felt like it was the right time for me to leave. And I actually asked for my release in in the same uh, building that I debuted in. Really? And so I was like, yeah, in Baltimore. I was like, dude, wow. this is so so full circle. There you go. Well, so hey, it,
0: look, you know when it's time.
3: You, it felt right, and yeah. I left on my own terms. You know, who knows if I would have gotten let go, you know, later or whatever. And um, I just i felt like I had such a good run, like, my last year. You know, I had a really incredible storyline with AJ, and I was champ, and all the stuff I did with Eve. And I felt, like, very accomplished, and I had I had, had some amazing matches, and um, I was like, okay, it's time to move on to the next part of my life. And so when I left, I left on great terms, you know.
2: That's and smart, everyone, smart.
3: everyone, it it was, it was important to me because everyone always treated me amazing there. What? I, I never, I, I, you know I had shitty experience, sorry, I had, <laughs> I had bad experiences, yeah. um, here and there, but who doesn't in their career, yeah. but I, I really cherished my time there and I learned so much and I traveled the world and I did so much cool stuff. Um, so I, I would never say no, that I wouldn't go back, but I'm you know, I have a business now and I run that. I have great people working for me that could probably hold down the fort. But I, 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 I've I've very much gotten into, you know, thinking about, okay, what's my dream? Like, what is, what do I want to wake up to and feel like, okay, I'm living my dream. And it, yes, it, my business is one of my dreams, but I, I really wanted to get into like public speaking and doing seminars and, um you know reaching reaching people on a on a you know on a large scale um and so if i ever did come back to wrestling it it may not be in the capacity of like being a quote unquote wrestler mm-hmm. maybe it would be doing commentary or something like that because i do love i love the world of uh <laughs> professional wrestling yeah,
0: it's I, a, it's, it's a crazy genre you, and it gets in your blood and you get hooked fans do i got I got hooked as a fan a long time before uh, I ever become J.R., wherever that is. Long, <laughs> long time. I mean, kid, the young elementary school kid. Was, what was your favorite part in, in WWE? What was your favorite aspect of it? I have a pretty good idea because I, I sense you're a lot like most talents, but you tell me your answer.
3: So I I think that would kind of be a tie between two things. Um One of them would be the actual, the moments in the ring. The moments that are do or die when you, you know, say you get time cut and you're on live TV or you're a pay-per-view and you have to make these decisions and you have to, you have to make these, these last minute calls and if, if the crowd isn't into your match, like, what do you do? If you have to go home, you know, if you have to finish the match early, what do you do? Those crazy last minute decisions that you have to make with the person that you're working with, um, it's so much adrenaline. And, and I miss that stuff because I think that took true, that was like, that took true character and like true passion to be able to handle something like that under pressure. And, um, that I love.
2: Well. And then the
3: other aspect is, um, the relationships that i formed
0: mm-hmm.
3: with people that i traveled with and there like you
0: just, go. That's what I, had my, I had that's what yeah. i had run down
3: just the life yeah, like yeah. the 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 tra- you know it, it it was you're like gypsy you travel not you're flying constantly you're driving constantly you don't sleep that much you find a random gym. you find somewhere to eat you know and then you you just have these relationships with people that you work with these friendships that are basically unlike any other and you like i've kept in touch with a few people um that i was so so close with you know when i was with the company and i'll never not be friends with those people because it's like this weird bond that you form that can never be broken because it's like only you know what you went through with these people right Uh so i miss that a lot
0: wrestling is like a journey that is uh much like a uh, book with many many chapters And some of the chapters are short chapters, and some are have a funny ending, and some have a sad ending. But there's a lot of chapters in this book, and and the book really, until you completely, completely detach, really never stops being written. It is another chapter could and today could be a chapter in your wrestling book that you did. Why did Jr's podcast? We talked a little about wrestling. Boom. It's it's hard for you or me this week after we talk. I'm going to be flying to Vegas to do the Mae Young final You know, on Tuesday night that's going to air. So that's going to be fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sang is the the final match. But they're going to do a lot of real cool things about uh, the women's product and a red carpet gig and all kinds of neat things. Bringing in dignitaries and celebrities, the things I hear. And then uh, Lita and I will do the commentary.
3: Oh, Lita can do the commentary as well, yeah? Yeah,
0: from top to bottom, I've never seen more of an emotional investment from the talent to the booking than I saw at this tournament. It was so important to them because they perceive, and they're right, that they're doing something very significant for their genre in the business of pro wrestling.
2: Oh, hell
3: yeah. I think it's incredible. I I think that since um, I think that there's always peaks and valleys and that's literally with anything in wrestling, uh, you know, your career, you got peaks and valleys and stuff. But for the women, the women's movement, like this is certainly a peak and it's, it's, it's so incredible that they're getting this opportunity and this highlight. And, and, and for so long, like I, you know, when I was there as well um, for a few years, it was, it was so important for people to take women's wrestling seriously Mm -hmm. and there's so many talented women on the roster now and it like makes me so happy because I saw a lot of them starting when I was like on my you know when I had my foot out the door and I had worked with some of them in developmental or you know when they had their chance to come up on the road for you know a test run or, or what to do live events and I worked with them and I was so impressed with their attitudes and their love for what they were doing, and then just how important it was to them. And so I it makes me super proud that that's actually happening, and uh, I, I'm really going to try to make it, because like, like I said, it's such a cool thing.
0: It is. And I applaud WWE for going to the expense of buying, you know, 32 plane tickets from a, a variety of uh, destinations and, and locales, <laughs> more specifically, and doing this gig. So it was a... It was a big undertaking.
3: There's no comparison to like what goes through your brain and what goes through your body and and just the feeling of like walking through the curtain. And then, you know, on top of that, there's nothing that can compare to to being involved in a match that people care about and they're so excited to watch and they're emotionally invested in. There's nothing that can duplicate that.
0: Agreed. Oh, hardly. How did you get your name, Caitlin? Who gave you your wrestling name?
3: Oh, God, sorry. Um, so, I have a funny story about how I debuted, and I believe that's... So, um, I had I got signed, and I... Uh, so, I had a tryout, and I got signed within a couple weeks. I moved my entire life. I, I'm from Houston. I had never lived anywhere else. I moved my life to Tampa, which is where the, de- the developmental center used to be. It was called FCW, mm-hmm. And um, I started there. I uh, didn't have any money. I just got hired, and I was like, hell yes, let's do this. Um, <clears throat> I got a call from John Laurinaitis, uh, maybe three weeks after I got hired. He was like, "Hey kid, you're gonna debut on." This is on a Friday, and he goes, "Hey kid, you're gonna debut on uh, Tuesday uh, for NXT." And so I didn't know about any of this NXT stuff, but they had been planning for all the girls in developmental. It was there were six of them um, that were gonna do an all-girl season of NXT, and so something happened with. One of the girls, and they fired her last minute, literally three or four days before the show supposed to debut on, uh, I think it was on Sci-Fi um, Network. And <clears throat> so they go, John, John calls me, and he goes, Hey, kid, you're gonna debut. Are you ready? And I legit started crying because I had never wrestled before. I was just learning how to do like take, learning how to take bumps, and learning how to do like a headlock. And I didn't have wrestling boots. I didn't have any kind of like quote unquote gimmick. I didn't have any diva clothes. I was such a tomboy. I still am. I had like Chuck Taylors and jean shorts <laughs> and that's it. And I had no money.
0: Look, Daisy so, May. Ellie, Ellie May, Daisy May, <laughs> Celeste May. <laughs>
3: yeah, that was me. And so I was such a tomboy and I was like, you know, when I got signed, I had been bartending and going to school. So I didn't, I didn't even own a dress. So I told John, I was like, I have no money. And he was like, you need to go go shopping, buy some clothes, like, because you're gonna debut on live TV on on this show. You're gonna be the sixth girl on the NXT season three. Which for those who don't know, that that was the, the reality-based elimination show, and we were the third season, and this was the first all-women's season. So I said, John, I don't have any money. Like, I can't. I don't have a dress. I don't have heels. I don't know what to do. So he told me to drive to FCW. <clears throat> One of the coaches gave me petty cash. They gave me $1,000 and they said, go buy some clothes. And then John Laurinaitis had boots, had wrestling boots custom made within two days and they shipped them to TV, right? So I was going to have boots. Uh, I went to the mall. I bought what I thought would be good for a quote unquote diva, um, and bought a couple pairs of high heels. Uh, got my, I freaked out. I was crying. I had to find a hair salon to get some high, highlights because my roots were all grown out. My nails were gross. I had to go get my nails done. And um, then they flo- they flew me out with all the girls on Sunday night. So we would have to we were there at TV for Raw, which was an absolutely terrifying event for me because I had no idea what to expect. I had literally just gotten hired, and um, and then um, SmackDown or I'm sorry uh, NXT was supposed to air before SmackDown Live on Sci Fi, and so you know we we were in Baltimore, and um, we had you know we all were scared so like baby beers. We were so who, scared. Who else was in your group? It was so it was myself, it was AJ, Oksana, Naomi, uh, Maxine, and Jamie Keys. And um we there was so six of us. We were all terrified, trembling little baby beers <laughs> in the headlights. And it was super intimidating. A lot of the girls were cool. A lot of them weren't. <laughs> it was like a mixed You know, thing. And then a lot of people just had this really bad attitude towards me because I was new and they were like, Who is this person? She hasn't paid her dues. She's never even wrestled and now she gets a debut on TV. And I was like, Dude, I didn't ask for this, but I'm here, so I'm going to do it. And so I didn't even have a wrestling name yet. Like, I didn't have a gimmick. I didn't have, I didn't even have any signature moves. I didn't know if I was a babyface or a heel. Like, I just showed up and I was like, Here I am. And I had this attitude where I was like, Okay. I have literally nothing to lose. Nobody expects anything out of me, and so that's what I'm gonna have to go with. And honestly, it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because, oh, and and so I didn't even know what name, that, what wrestling name they were gonna give me until the day I debuted, which was on a Tuesday in Baltimore. John Laurinaitis was like, "Hey, your name's Caitlin," and he spelled it for me, and I was like, "Really?" And that was it. And I, and my theory was that they just gave me this name that was whatever because they assumed. Not that I have anything against the name Caitlyn, but I feel like it wasn't fitting for me as a person. It's not really a wrestling name.
0: Well, who? I uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. That you know they they change their trends and everybody. You know, it's like everybody's got a one word name. It seems like that's another thing. There, it's either your first name, your as they say in Louisiana, your front name and your behind name both start with the same letter more often than not, or you only have one name. Bless your heart, you don't have it. A- <laughs> You don't have Bless a you don't have another night. You only have one. So
2: Bless
3: your heart. Yeah. yeah. No, and I was such a like weird world to me and I didn't know anything about, you know, shaking people's hands. I kind of had learned kind of oh. caught on to that and I didn't know any of the unwritten rules cuz wrestling is like a whole different world. Yeah. And so I learned very quickly and I had Vicky Guerrero as my um what did they call them? She was my mentor, basically, on the show. Yeah. She was my pro. So we had rookies and pros. And so uh, Vicky Guerrero was mine. And it actually worked out amazing because she was this monster heel. Mm,
0: she's she
3: great. She's amazing. And she's right? a real,
0: what a wonderful human being.
3: I honestly owe so much to Vicki. She is such a good person. Sweetheart
0: of a woman. Sweetheart of a woman, let me tell you.
3: She is. And she was so over. And she was such a monster heel. She had so much heat. And it was it was the best thing that could have happened to me because it, it turned me into this ultimate baby face because she was so mean to me on the show. Um, and so everybody felt bad for me. And then I ended up winning that show. It was based on audience voting. And so, you know, it was an elimination uh-huh. show. I think it's like every two weeks somebody got eliminated and uh, it came, it came down to uh, Naomi and I as the two finalists. Wow.
0: She's talented too.
2: She's yeah. I'm so proud of her.
3: Yeah. Really
0: talented. She, yeah. I like her a lot. I've, I've always been high on her work, her athleticism and all that. And uh, they've just given her a new, uh, you know, her, new, her entrance is spectacular. It's, it is. Great lighting, is, you know.
3: Yeah, so. it gives me the chills. I got to catch up with her uh, a few weeks ago. I think it was, it was a raw, no, it was a SmackDown house show in Miami, and that's like 45 minutes from me. So I drove down. I, uh, I think I took off work. I forget what. No, it was on a, it was on a Saturday. So I drove down. And I saw E, uh, Big E. I'm so, fr- I'm a real good friends with him and Naomi and Natalia and all those girls and a bunch of the new girls too. And I just felt, they welcomed me into the locker room and it was, it was so nice because it was such a good crew of, of women. And I just caught up with everybody. I caught up with Naomi and I, I love what she's doing now. And you know, Natty, Natty's always Natty. She's oh. She's there. <laughs> it was so nice to catch up, but you know what? Nothing ever changes. It felt like exactly like it was when I was there.
0: Natty seems like she's kind of the captain of the team. You know, she's a vocal leader to say the least. And I, I love her spirit and her passion and and that's all good stuff. Did you have to battle what you perceive to be a somewhat un-stereotypical diva body? Did you battle with either your size or, or weight. And because I would think that the competition level with all, of everybody, and especially with females, sometimes in this world that I've been in for 40 years, there are sometimes there are pockets or groups of women that are more competitive within their group than some men are within their group. That's all I'm saying.
3: So you know what? It is what it is. And I will say that when I got hired, I, so I got hired. And I've always been, like, a bigger, more muscular woman. Um, I've never been skinny. I've never been, like, this tiny person. I've always been kind of, like, a super muscular, powerful-looking mm-hmm. woman, right? So, and and when I got hired, they said, okay, you know, you're hired, uh, lose 10 pounds. And, like, I think, from what I understand, that's kind of a generic thing. They're, like, you lose a little Um Because yeah, yeah. the camera does add... Wait, it, it truly does and some of the angles that they use are made to make the men look bigger and more powerful and by accident it makes the women look like that too so um i it certainly did give me a complex and my first year or my second year of being there uh 2012 i lost drastically like 20 pounds and because i because i had ju- i had won nxt and i was on the road i was on the main roster i i you know i won my spot on smackdown But I wasn't being used for anything. I wasn't. I didn't officially debut. I was just kind of traveling and learning how to work. And um, I thought, okay, maybe if I lose a ton of weight, that then I will get a. uh, You know, someone will give me a chance, right? So I lost a ton of weight, and um, it was really drastic. It wasn't healthy, and it was it was borderline uh, eating disorder, right? Mm, So not good. It wasn't good, and I remember being like super lean and skinny um at the WrestleMania in 2012, uh, uh, which was in Miami. And um nothing happened from it. No one noticed. No one said anything. I didn't get any air time. I didn't debut. I was just still kind of there. And then I had this super unhealthy rebound where I gained a ton of weight. And then it wasn't until maybe my, it was like my second two and a half years in where I was able to reach a point where I was um lean for me I still was big quote unquote bigger than the average girl like the average hen that Vince likes you know super skinny and whatever because that was never gonna be me but I found a place where I could be healthy and still look good yeah. and around that time was when um fit family came back because he left the company for a while maybe we hired him and he always really believed in me and he started throwing me into matches and um And stuff like that and and that's when I got my chance and it was a perfect timing because I was finally at this point where I felt comfortable with how I looked on television and I was able to maintain it like in a healthy way and because everybody knows like that has ever been in the industry traveling and not sleeping and stuff it's so hard on your body and it's hard to have like a consistent diet and like you know I gain muscle super easily and I gain fat super easily and so I have to be very regimented and so it just kind of everything's all Fell into place at one time where I was um, happy with my body, and because you know, uh, Triple H is he's a huge fan of muscle and the fitness industry and stuff, and he you know commended the way I was I looked, and I was super happy about that. And you know, that's kind of when I got a push, but I was always kind of on the radar for like, sure. oh, be. yeah, or
2: because
3: or, 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 like, I know that Vince has a certain idea of what women should look like or what he wanted to see and I was kind of always teetering like in between that so it was it wasn't until I really proved my ability you know in the ring that they kind of let off on how skinny or how you know muscular I was so it was such a battle such a journey to like find a a healthy medium
0: well you found it I think because you had a really a a nice run I think people were surprised when you left I, I certainly was but mission fit Finley I haven't talked to anybody females specifically talking about here mm-hmm. saying his phrases but in a nutshell Celeste what separates him from the other producers or what makes him a really good quote-unquote coach especially for the females
3: so <laughs> everyone used to call him the diva whisperer um, because he just had this <laughs> I like he it. had this ability to connect with us and kind of weird, weirdly like in an emotional level and he kind of he was never insensitive because I know that a lot of the producers kind of hated having to deal with the girl because it was like catty and it was this and that and you know they didn't want to deal with it because like women are I guess more complex than guys I don't know um, but so when Smith came back uh, from being gone and on his little hiatus to WWE he and all the girls were so happy, like, oh, sit back, he's a deal whisperer, this and that. And he, it's almost like he loved working with the women more than anything else. And we never experienced that because everyone, it was almost like when someone found out that they were a producer for a women's match, they'd they roll their eyes like, oh, God, here we go. Right. So Fit was just so in tune with with us. And he he had so many amazing ideas and he was just so good at what he did and he was, sensitive and he understood us and he never um he just made us feel so important and so relevant
0: sound like he was it sound like he he was a good communicator bottom line
3: absolutely so i i owe so much to him like uh, the the way that i even got an opportunity and this is like my favorite story ever is that um, he came back, it was literally the weekend he came back and we were supposed to have this, uh, Eve was the champ and we we're supposed to have this battle royal um, with all the goals. And at the, uh, leading up to that point, I had done some, a little bit of storyline stuff here and there with Eve backstage, um, maybe a few matches here and there, not the main storyline, nothing big. And Fit came back and he, we, he had, we'd always had a great relationship he believed in me and he knew I had potential. And he, um, so normally in a in a battle uh, battle royal situation, I would probably be the first or second person out because I wasn't super relevant. And I hadn't, quote unquote, paid my dues yet. So he let me be the last person in the battle royal with Eve. He he was like, you know what? You guys have, you have a little bit of a story. You've been doing this, this, and this on TV. Okay, you're in there. And I was like, I sh- like, was about to pass out. I was like, oh my God, okay. And so we had this, it was on Raw. And we had this whole battle royal. Um, I So we eliminated everybody. It's down to me and Eve, and this spot was – it was for her to go over. She was the champ. And there was this spot where I was supposed to clothesline her over. She was supposed to um, hang on and pull me out by my feet. And it's, it's, it's this whole spot for the finish. And I so I tried to clothesline her, and it, she didn't – she it wasn't hard enough. She goes, hit me again. So I, like, JBL'd her hard, and she – flipped off and couldn't hold on, and she Uh-oh. eliminated herself. Uh-oh. And I won the battle royal,
2: Hell. and
3: uh, it Ah-ha. was yes. And so it was live on Raw. So as we say in the industry, uh, nothing can go wrong on live TV because it's live. So you just go with it, right? Yep. So I stood there like a deer in the headlights, like oh my god. And uh, the ref, who it was his first time live on Raw, he was like a deer in the headlights too, and he was like, uh, celebrate. And so I celebrated, (laughs) and that's how I even got this opportunity to start being, and then from there I was involved in the storyline afterwards because I had won the battle royal, and it was for the number one contender. So I owe, like, everything to fit for even getting the opportunity to, you know, start my storylines and and my career, really.
0: And for Eve, for Tony to lay it in.
3: Yes. And you know what? Eve and I are still friends and I love everything she's doing and she was such an amazing person to me.
0: Her soul was beautiful. You can talk you can talk to her and tell what's there and there's a lot there.
3: She was smart, real, talented, like just honestly one of the greatest humans I've ever met. And she knew that she was leaving. Um and you know, I actually won the title from her in my hometown in Houston, um, and that was the day that she retired. I remember and that. It, it was the 20th anniversary of Raw. It was in Houston, Texas. And usually, if anybody knows anything about wrestling, you know that you never win in your hometown. You always lose.
0: Tell me about that.
3: <laughs> so, it was this crazy opportunity where I got to win the title in my hometown. And, That's um, good for you. I remember that, was that was, a, that
0: was a cool night.
3: It was the best night ever. I was. It was seriously one of the coolest days of my life. And... It, it meant so much to her for the for her to pass on the title to me in such a, a an impressive way, honorable so way,
2: she, an, yeah,
3: an, and, honor,
0: an honorable, time-tested way. How the business has persevered by and large, and how it's been how it's functioned internally is by passing things on, and it was right. a, you know a, a more of a cooperative effort.
3: It's the legacy. Yeah. Because she put in so much. She put in, she worked so hard, uh, and she was one of the ones that were always so cool and fair.
0: Yeah. Great look. She's doing good in the MMA now, their husband. That's cool.
3: And she, oh, she's, I love her. She's doing so much women's empowerment, women's yeah. self-defense stuff. And it's, she's just, we, uh, AJ and I traveled with her for, uh, for a little bit. And we used to have this joke that she was like a Disney princess because <laughs> wow. she always looked so perfect, and she was just like the perfect human. The so. great,
0: she may have the greatest eyes in the wrestling business at one time. Her eyes, absolutely, are hauntingly beautiful. There was this incident a week or ten a week or two ago down in Mexico City at their version of WrestleMania, where a uh, female wrestler in the company AAA she wrestles under a mask, a sexy star, very talented actually, and. Uh, athletic, but she went off script as has been quoted, uh, and got one of her opponents in this multiple person match and across arm breaker and started wrenching it back for real and hurting the, the, the pers- person who gave her the arm to do it to start with. Right. She's been called out on it. There's some, some people says that say, you know, they're not going to work with her. She's not welcome in the locker room. She heard a fellow competitor who gave her her arm. Because she didn't like something that was going on, apparently. Obviously, she wasn't goddamn celebrating. She was mad at something. But, uh, where do you stand on something like that?
3: I'm all about standing your ground and standing up for yourself. And, you know, if, if something's not right, you speak up and you, you voice your opinion. But I, I would never, cause I've been in situations where someone isn't happy with, either where they're at in a storyline or their career or whatever and they take it out on you in the ring, which is literally the most awful thing to do because you go into a match with someone and you trust them with your body. So yeah. like, here's my arm, let's do this spot. And if they hurt you intentionally, it's kind of like I don't know, it's you trust somebody with your body, right? You do everything you can to protect somebody else someone else's body and you do everything you can to, to put them over or to follow the story of the match. And if they hurt you intentionally, it's just like it's betrayal. It's not okay. And so I don't know the exact situation. And so maybe if there was this huge backstory, um, you know, and she got sued over by somebody or whatever but, it is,
0: that's still not the place. The, the, it's if, not. You want, if you want to confront somebody in, a, in, 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 thinking it might get physical, then do it in an arena so to speak, but in an area where that's what you do. And it's a, some, but it's not in that, that's a performance area. Everybody trusts the other person. They should, when you step in the ropes, if you don't, you shouldn't get in there. If you, you know, any, any independent wrestler that's listening to this and you're going to wrestle with somebody or do moves that uh, you're not comfortable doing, not for the sake of your ego, because of safety, then you don't be in, don't do it.
3: I mean, I completely agree with that. I just, if, if I was in the circuit with her, or working her, I would not work her because I wouldn't touch her, trust her with my body. Cause like, that's, you know, when you're wrestling, your body is your livelihood. Like that's, you know, so when someone intentionally hurts you because of some personal grudge or whatever, it's, it's such a betrayal and it's not cool. And so I, I think that like, she needs to really get a grip and realize, you know, what she's doing, and if someone's willing to work with her, that she needs to respect them and take care of their body.
0: Emily Louise Burns, bless her heart, Emily Louise is writing in, and she's wondering (laughs) what your relationship and your experience was with A.J. Lee.
3: I had my best matches with her. Yeah, she's she's a talented man. She is, and she's an amazing person. She's a complex person, too. Um, I actually had my first match, my best match, and my last match with A.J.
0: Wow, that, that I didn't know.
3: Yeah, so my first match in FCW, my first practice match uh, was with her. And then my best match, which was when uh, our title match at, um, it was, uh, uh, was it Payback?
0: I think Uh, it was. I think it was. Somebody, another one of our people to ask about your match with her at Payback.
3: Yes, that match got uh, awards. Um, We went over like seven minutes on our time. And we didn't get in trouble because it was such an incredible match, and it was my best one. And we we were so I so I cried at the end of that match based on the storyline, and I had lost the title. Celeste, but you're was, doing
0: too much crying now. There's too
3: much. Were, <laughs> a lot of
0: crying going on here, girl.
3: They were tears of absolute joy <laughs> oh, because goes. the the crowd was. So into it, it was in Chicago, and I knew we were probably gonna get in trouble for going so over on our time. But it was, the, it was honestly, and it was meant so much to me because we were best friends. For me to to pass on a title like that um, in such a, a significant way, and um, we we really had a great run. Like they gave us so much freedom um, creatively, and they just let our storyline run. And we were getting like top rated segments. And, and, um, it was such an incredible time for women, uh, for, for the women's division. And we, we were getting so, we were getting so much time on raw and pay, and, um, pay per views and stuff. And it was it's just so incredible. And I believe that it's 100% because we, we have, uh, such an amazing friendship. We trusted each other so much. And we joke about it now that we used to hit each other harder. Than we would hit anybody else because we were our best friends. So it's like, you would kind of be like, hey, dude, sorry, after or before. Like, hey, I'm really going to sock it to you because I want this to look good. And we trusted each other so much with our bodies and we went through so much stuff together that we, um, she was so, so upset when I, when I left the company. And I think she left like a year after me, but we're still friends. I actually just went up to Chicago to see her.
0: Oh, cool. And
3: yeah, it was amazing. Like, uh, I, I,
0: How's her book doing, dude? She's
3: killing it. She's like my idol. She um, she's a New York Times bestseller. She did a tour. I uh, think she's working on another book, and she's just killing it. And Good. she just she's the same AJ as she always is. And um, I, she's really an inspiration for me. We talk all the time via text or on the phone or whatever it is, and we see each other a lot. So I I do think that the secret to our our storyline and our backstage segments and our matches were because we were such good friends mm-hmm. that we trusted each other with yeah.
0: everything. Celeste, there was trust and chemistry. Absolutely. Y- you genuinely wanted the other to do well. Yep. N- and if others will think that way, here's what happens. If you genuinely want others that you're working with to do well, it will automatically, unless you are the drizzling shits, make you look <laughs> make you look good. It really yep. will. It really will. So it's that's always going to be the best the, the the You know, that's that's why I used to always admire the NWA traveling world champion. He'd go to every territory that had an NWA banner hanging on their shingle out, right? And sometimes they had to go an hour with the, the local territory's, you know, number one guy. Who ironically, you know, some of them were 20 years past their prime. They couldn't get booked anywhere else. But they had to be taken care of and made to look like Superman in a match that they hadn't gone an hour in in probably 10 years. But that's what you're required to do. So I always admired those guys that could get the best, you know, out of everybody.
2: She
3: has it in her veins. She has professional wrestling and entertainment in her veins, and she actually um she gives so much. She used to give so much to every single thing that she did that it would really affect her. She, you know, she would like die on the on the. On the so we traveled together. Also, we were buds, like, we traveled together, we roomed together, we were so tight, and, like, I could see that the, the mental toll that it took on her after, cause she was, she was a huge deal for a long time. Yeah. And I would see the, um, the toll that it took on her, like, you know, cause, cause anybody who's in show business or wrestling or whatever knows that, like, when you have such high adrenaline rushes, you crash
2: after. Oh, God. It's, just, yeah.
3: it's this crazy on and off, Balance and and um, I could see the toll that it took on her, and so I always tried to be super supportive and be, you know do whatever she needed, and she did the same for me. And she, I you know, I would because she's loved wrestling and she's wrestled for so long that and I I didn't like I was so new to it, and so I you know I picked her brain every second of every day. Uh, you know, uh, you know, what what do I do about this? You know what do you think I should pitch for this story or, you know, and sh- we just had this such a great partnership and like we will literally be friends for the rest of our lives.
0: That's cool. Oh, good. Hey, you know, uh, I've said this on the show before that I was told when I first got in the business and back in the mid seventies that uh, they said, you know, kid, when you get out of the business, you'll be lucky to be able to name five good friends on one hand, no matter your, yep. run, no matter your run. So I said, you know, it's like, you mean it doesn't make any difference if I'm in the business you know, one year or forty years? Nope, five. You'll be lucky.
3: I agree with that one hundred percent. Because all right. <laughs> after all, it is it's show business. Yeah, man. So, especially with the women, like you're fighting for one spot. Like there's now there's two titles, but you know for a while there was one title. So you're literally fighting for the one position. And I do think that by by creating the the whole diva show, it it brought a lot more opportunity for the girls to to do other stuff. Yeah. Um, but I got to be honest and who cares if people hate me for this. Um, I I can't watch Total Divas because I feel like it's not, it's supposed to be reality. It's supposed to be behind the scenes of what it's like to be in the industry, but it's not. I think a lot of the stuff isn't actually highlighting the shit that we go through.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Reality to be, it's like, you know, there there is storyline still, even though it's quote unquote reality. So, um, but I will say that it has shined some light on the unglamorous part of it being in yeah, wrestling, I agree. whether you truly appreciate the work ethic that these girls have, or you just like their outfits, or you just like think what their occupation is is cool. And you know what I love is, um, I have no bad blood with anybody, uh, you know, in wrestling. And I particularly, and I never had a great friendship with her because she kind of left uh, when I was just getting started, and her Maurice. Um, she was always so cool to me and everyone that was new, Mm -hmm. never, Patty, she was never mean. And, you know, that happens a lot in the locker room with the, with the women. She, um, she left when I had just got started. So I didn't have to, I didn't get to form a great friendship with her, but she supports my business. Like I, I still do some of the shipping. I, my, you know, every morning when I go into work, like I, you know, I get to work on emails and social media and all that stuff. And then I take, like, an hour or two to do all of the shipping with uh, my vice president. We do all the shipping ourselves. And um, and I every once in a while, I will see Maurice's name. So she orders my company regularly, that's which awesome. is incredible. And then she wears my stuff, like, on social media and, like, on Total Divas. So I think that's so cool of her yeah. because she's a, quote, unquote, celebrity. And so most celebrities can get whatever they want for free. Like, if she wrote me and she's like, hey, can I have this, this, and this? I'd be like, sure. But she buys it, so she supports my company. Mm-hmm. And then she wears it, and, and just because she loves it, and I love her for that, and it's so cool to see it. So, uh, and I love her as a person and as her character on TV, yeah. and I'm, I just in general, like, so props to her. I think she's amazing.
0: She's added when they added uh, Maurice to her husband's uh, presentation, the Miz, to made it r- really good in my view. Made it, made it really more of a main event attraction feel to me. And as a normal red-bellied man, I enjoy listening to her talk. <laughs> so listen, Celeste, you, God bless you, man. You're in a, Celeste is weathering out the storm. She's talking to us from the courthouse in Miami, Florida. She's on the <laughs> sixth floor because she's got a couple of connections, but mom and the, and the animals are safe. And, uh, our, we're, our thoughts are with you, girl, and hope you, you you'll come right through this. And when do you expect to get back home?
3: Oh, you know what? The storm is uh, heading west, so I think I'll be able to go home tomorrow. I just don't know if I'll have power, but we'll see. Yeah. It looks like the storm actually is kind of done with us. Like It's it's going west towards like Naples and Tampa, uh, so good luck, all you Tampa people. And I don't know. I boarded up on my windows and stuff. I don't think I'll have any glass breakage, but I might not have power, but I'm thankful for that. So maybe tomorrow.
0: Hope so. We'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed for you, folks. Uh, Celeste has got a multitude of wonderful projects ongoing. She's quite the entrepreneur, I'll say. And <laughs> uh, but so the main thing to remember is that her website is V-O-D-I-E-Z.com, Celestial celestialbodies.com, and I'm sure uh, all that info is. Uh, also at her on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. And she's going to, she has all that. She's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Celeste. Twitter is Celestial Bodies. Yep. Celestial Smart. I just know. <laughs> well, you're consistent. I am. <laughs> so CelestialBodies.com. Uh, Celeste, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I admire your entrepreneurial skill. I hope people will check you out on, uh, social media and support your, your efforts. It's brave for, a person of your age and you're young to risk it all and gamble it all and something you believe in, and so I hope that uh, our folks will will support you, and I'm sure that they will
3: thank you very much for that, and thank you for having me
1: the ross report the Ross report
0: I certainly appreciate Celeste voted for taking time uh, to be with us here on the program this week. I just can't imagine you know she's uh, sequestered in a courthouse for her own safety, not because she's under criminal prosecution, (laughs) but it's amazing. And we wish everybody that's being inconvenienced and their lives are being put in danger, et cetera. uh, Only the best are all good thoughts going your way, whether, no matter where you are, where you're still dealing with weather in, in Houston or in Florida, wherever it may be, Louisiana, our thoughts are with you guys. So, uh, hang in there. You know, I've always believed that we're probably the most resilient nation in the world. We certainly have more resources if we choose to use them. And we certainly have the brain power to make great decisions if we choose to get along and not be worried about being a professional politician and standing up for our party. There ain't no party when there's tragedy. There's no time to party. There's no time to party in the midst of a goddamn tragedy. Let's party when we celebrate fixing what happened and fixing these damages. So, anyway, I really appreciate her joining us. And uh, check out her information with you guys, celestialbodies.com. And uh, it's it's cool. Let her know you're thinking about her. Follow her on Twitter. I really admire someone. She's 31 years old. She could still be doing this. She wanted to wrestle. She would be. She chooses to do other things. I respect that. So, and let's... I think we all should, right? So uh, there's that. We really had a a fun show with uh, Celeste. Next week, one of my favorite guys that i worked with over the years, I'd like to think I had a little bit of a hand in in helping him along with his unique and amazing and successful career and talking about Gregory Helms, the hurricane. The hurricane will be coming through here next week. We'll have our own little hurricane here, folks, next week. Not that Gregory is little. Don't get carried away here. And I ain't seen a naked women swimming naked when the water was cold, so I don't know that either. Goddamn Kenny, and then fat Bastard, damn it, Jim Cornette Experience, and MLB Network, Kenny. How's that for a plug? Anyway, we'll have Hurricane Helms on with us next week. Great mind for the business, very observant. He just left uh, Impact Wrestling. Jeff Jarrett taking a leave of absence there. That should be an interesting topic to discuss to some degree. He's an insider. He was there. He sure as hell knows more about it than I. Uh, We'll talk about No Mercy. So we'll have a a lot of cool things uh, going on next week. So check us out. I mentioned earlier about our show coming to Boston. Laugh Boston is Saturday afternoon, December 16th. It's a big WWE weekend there, and tickets are on sale now for our show at laughboston.com. Love to see you there. Jeremy Borash and I have a lot of fun on these shows. Uh, I don't get to use JV as often as I'd like because of his obligations elsewhere. I get it, but he's available. He'll be with me and we'll have a lot of fun for a December 16th event in Boston. Hope to see you there. We've uh, downloaded a lot of videos and other content to our YouTube channel. That's a freebie. It's at jrsvideos.com. So, check that out if you choose to. We've got some shirts. You know, I'm not going to be able to sell t shirts too much longer, I don't think, at ProWrestlingTees.com. But while there are supplies left, uh, you can get yourself a hell of a deal on some JR slobber knocker swag and what have you at ProWrestlingTees.com. So, uh, take that uh, under consideration, and we thank you for that. Uh, WWShop.com, always doing a great job of selling our products online. WWShop.com, the We'll ship your sauces, ketchup, mustard, seasoning, jerky, whatever to you uh, in a matter of hours after they receive the orders. great. Great service. Good people. And that's in Ohio, remember. Groveport, Ohio, as a matter of fact. We're working diligently. We finished the reading for our book, knocker My Life in Wrestling. It's going to be released in early October. As far as I know, it's going to be available on every platform. So I get a lot of questions on Twitter. Is it going to be an audio book? Absolutely, it's going to be an audio book. I just got through reading the audio book and it was hard, but we got through it. And I think you're really going to like it. You really hear real. And the reason you hear real is because the book is real. It's honest. And you're going to hear things in it that may surprise you and may disappoint you at times, but it's real part of the journey. Like I talked to, uh, Celeste about the chase is a lot, man. The journey is, that's it. The journey your life. You know how the journey ends. Don't you? How does it end for everybody? So the journey has to be what we focus on because it will end. So, uh, that the chase is everything. And I, and that's, I I believe that living life good, man. Enjoying every day, every day. So it's cool. I'm going to have a great week. Las Vegas, a couple of three days in Vegas, not bad. Probably have a big steak dinner at the, uh, Andy Ammo Steakhouse in the D Hotel. Amazing, amazing place. I love that place. I like to go to a place where if you have servers where they're not working their way through college, because some of them are the drizzling doo-doos. Andy Ammo, older guys, pros. This is what they do for a living. This is what they've done for a living. And they're really serious about how good they are and how well they want to treat you. It's everything service is supposed to be. So, Vegas, we got a ball game Saturday. Sooners hosting Tulane out of New Orleans. They'll be happy to get the hell out of there, I guess. Hope we have good weather for them. And a full house that's loud and crazy. I got to suspect Oklahoma's going to be the number three ranked team in the country this week, probably in the polls. I think it'll be Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and I don't know. Can Southern Cal win? They won, didn't they? Yeah. Andrew's telling me that Oklahoma's number two in the AP. I think that's a little lofty in my view, but I'm happy for them. Hey, you go to the other team's home dam, man, and you and you beat the number two team, you that kind of stuff can happen. But and it's great to see, well now you guys are gonna be the hunted. We are Oklahoma is always the damn hunted. People love to beat Oklahoma. As Taz would say, beat me if you can. So good week for everybody. Thank you guys for supporting our show and all the sponsors. You know, that's a big deal for me. I like to give back, I wanna carry my share of the water to these sponsors and do out deliver what I'm supposed to deliver. That's how we were able to do this for you for free every week. Uh, So don't forget to support uh, Podcast One. It's podcastone.com. Download the brand new Podcast One app. It's available in the App Store, folks. You know that. And on Google Play. It's a one of a kind app that lets you experience podcasts like never before. And of course, you can connect with other listeners of our show. You can debate different topics. It's a cool thing. Check it out. Cost you nothing. Check it out. You can find links and Sausage Fatties to all my sponsors at PodcastOne.com, O-N-E, com. Just click on the Killer Deals button, if you will, Bebe, at the right corner of the page, and then drop the bionic elbow, if you will, on the Ross Report banner. Simple as that. Remember coming up Tuesday, a week next week, next Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific. You'd know that. You know that, don't you? But you know how easy it is if you, if you subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts to our show? You get it automatically downloaded in your tablet or your phone. Whatever smart device you want to throw it in, you got it. Never miss a beat. So check that out. So look forward to talking to Hurricane Helms next week. Look forward to you tuning in as well. We'll be looking for questions for a hurricane uh, throughout the week on our various social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, we thank you for participating with that. Your feedback is always appreciated. So until uh, next week, there will be a hurricane coming through, but we'll keep it under control. Let's do our best. If not, we'll get our ass to the shelter or evacuate. One of the two. Simple as that. Do something nice for somebody. Boy, do we need that now in this country. Every country could use more gentle and positive interactions. America, with all this damn weather and these floods and these tragedies and these damn disasters, it's no time to, to as I said earlier, man, on my little soapbox, it ain't no time to worry about your party. Worry about saving lives. Worry about getting people's lives back together, for God's sakes. Come on. Don't overthink this deal, folks, in America. Don't overthink this deal. Sell people. And it's like even when a politician talks. they got to put their party in there. Well, here's uh, Representative John Smith, Democrat, uh, Orlando, I don't give a shit what he is. I don't care what you are. I don't care what party you're with. Are you there using your influence and your position to help others that are in need? If you are good for you. At a boy or at a girl. You go girl. Never take tomorrow for granted because you know what we say here, man. Tomorrow's never guaranteed. Maximize life's minutes and you'll be a happier person for it. So until next week, after I've traveled to Las Vegas I've seen more football, and I've probably done some grilling. I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross, saying, so long, everybody!
1: Thanks for listening to The Ross Report. Download a brand-new episode every week at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. one Trump and the memo. I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. Your FBI director on this. President Trump is back at the White House from West Virginia. The memo, Mr. President. Also on the memo, sir. On the memo, sir. White House officials say President Trump will clear the way for the publication of a controversial GOP-authored memo, despite objections from the FBI. The memo was prepared by Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee and is said to allege misconduct by the FBI in its investigation of potential ties between Russia and Trump's 2016 campaign. Shots were fired at Salvador B. Castro Middle School this morning in Los Angeles. Two students were injured. The most uh, critical was a 15-year-old male. That received- a gunshot wound to the head however we're placing in critical but stable condition a female student is in custody and the police chief in los angeles says they believe she is 12 years old police say a gun has been recovered another student a 15 year old is in fair condition i'm ed Donahue. hey everybody this is dan bespris host of fantasy nba today a daily fantasy basketball podcast We cover every box score from every game, every day. Plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network on YouTube
0: or wherever you listen.